Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. What's going on right now when it comes to all the talk about monopolies and trusts and, and uh, really a whole lot of polemics in this space and really demagoguery in this space? Um, to me, I find it really distressing when I look at it from a macroeconomic perspective and really a personal freedom perspective. And one of the greatest thinkers in this uh, area was uh, the late Robert Bork, uh, the, the, the famed uh, judge that uh, really created a paradigm shift in the way the courts and really Congress looked at monopolies. And, and the emphasis went from uh, being um, breaking up businesses simply because they shouldn't be so big even if that was bad for the consumer, to making the consumer the number one priority in deciding these cases. And so uh, and apparently we have a paradigm shift that's quickly getting away from that perspective. And so Robert, Robert Ward Jr., the son, uh, has uh, written an update of his father's uh, famous book, The Timing Could Not Be Better. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, Robert, and you've been on the show before, uh, you know, it wasn't that many years ago where there was no debate about this topic anymore. It was pretty much settled. And all of a sudden, it feels like we're back in the 70s again. You're absolutely right. Uh, what has happened is that the uh, the progressives, or frankly, uh, a bunch of Marxists, have uh, decided uh, to make an assault on uh, on capitalism and on American business and on innovation and our freedom uh, as consumers uh, using antitrust. It's a, it's a powerful weapon because uh, w the power of the antitrust laws in this country gives government the opportunity to actually break up a company if they can prove that it was a monopoly uh, that was abusing its power uh, in the marketplace. And so yeah. that's why you see in the Biden administration, he put Lena Kahn, uh, who has uh, been described as one of her fellow commissioners at the FTC uh, as a Marxist, and he put uh, the radical uh, progressive uh, Jonathan Cantor in as assistant attorney general for the antitrust division. This at the urging of people like uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren and others uh, who uh, have been pushing this change in, in the way we look at antitrust uh, competition law for the last uh, we, we've been where it's been in place for the last 45 years uh, they want to change it and, and use it as a as a cudgel against business yeah absolutely and what's interesting is that you know it, there's not a whole lot of uh, shyness on the part of these advocates of breaking up these monopolies on the intention for what I can tell it is simply because they are so big or because they could become less competitive. But none of them are. If anything, they're becoming more and more competitive because we live in a, in a country where billionaires are common and the ability to accumulate money to undermine a massive company if they decided to do so is pretty easy and to get down to it if you've got the kind of resources they have. The, the need of the consumer doesn't seem to be a part of the discussion anymore. And there was a time when that was really the only part of the discussion. I think it should be. The reality was that when it comes to monopolies, the only monopolies that can, that can really exist in the real sense of the word 
are ones that are government protected and government sanctioned. Take, for example, you know, the U.S. Post Office. Those, those are the only kind of monopolies that can really exist unless the government's protecting them. You're absolutely right. And even that monopoly has been eroded by uh, FedEx and DHL and all the other uh, companies that have, uh, deliver uh, packages and, and, and actually mail. I mean, if, if I want to deliver, if I want to mail something to somebody from my home in Virginia uh, and it's important, I'll just FedEx it rather than put it in the mail and wonder whether it's ever going to get there. Um, yeah. But, but uh, you know, the other big one was a government-created monopoly was AT&T when it was the, you know, when all of the phones and the long-distance service ran through that one company. And when that got broken up, that was a government-sanctioned monopoly. When that got broken up, it gave birth to all of the phone companies we have now, uh, you know, and, and the innovation uh you know, in, uh, in, in cellular telephones and all that stuff. So, but, yeah. uh, but, but they don't, you know, you're absolutely right. They don't like concentrations of power, uh, that are actually concentrations of power that, 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 that I think pick away at the government's ability to control us. Uh, and so, uh, when, uh, when, when a company like Amazon, uh, and you have to, by the way, you have to remember, you know, they're, they're, they're all focused on Amazon and Facebook, now Meta, and, uh, and uh, Google now. But all of those cr- replaced other companies that yes. were, like them, powerful entities. But then they came along with a better mousetrap, you know, a better algorithm or whatever, and, uh, and, 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 and pushed them out of the way. Uh, but now you have, of course, Facebook is, is, is in trouble. It's not doing as well because it's become a platform for older uh, users as compared to TikTok and setting aside all the Chinese stuff about TikTok. Um, you know, TikTok is eating their lunch when it comes to a young market, a young market. Yeah. So, yeah, a great um, example is, uh, is MySpace, yeah. right? Facebook right. is so much like MySpace, it's startling. It was owned by a News Corp. <laughs> you know, in fact, I still, still think it's owned by News Corp. You know, and now it's it's a complete dinosaur. So the Smithsonian Institute item, it didn't require uh, it being breaking up when it was really one of the earliest and, and maybe only players of its type at the time uh, to where now, you know, uh, the market is more than created competitors in that space. This is one of untold number of examples. Again, the only time monopolies can really exist is if the government makes them or protects them. That's the that's the thing that I find so shocking. It's so obvious, right? And they're they're trying to do it with electric cars now. Um, uh, not a monopoly so much as as basically pushing uh, gasoline or you know fossil fuel uh, vehicles out of the marketplace and and creating a um, uh, you know winners and losers, create you know choosing winners and losers in 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 uh, in, in transportation. Uh, and making electric cars, and they're doing it in solar, you know. And, of course, as we know, those things never work. Uh, and uh, we spend enormous amounts of taxpayer dollars, your money and mine, uh, on, on, these, on these technologies that don't work. And rather than letting uh, the marketplace figure out, okay, if there's a demand for this, how can we do it and do it in a way that is profitable, that creates jobs, that innovates and invents new technologies, creates wealth, 
for for people uh, as compared to having the government just direct it to be to be happening whether it works or not. Uh, yes. and, and that's 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 really what's going on here is that uh, to a certain extent, you know, the the, the lawsuit against Google now is 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 uh, is uh, going on in in court right now. They, I think the government is suing Google on three different fronts, uh, different issues. Uh, there's another trial coming in to, next year against Google. Uh, Lena Khan at the FTC is, is suing Amazon. That's her white whale, um, you know, and. Uh, and uh, you know, the, a lot of the commentary I've been reading, and and, and my own, um, suggests you know that it really isn't there. Her case isn't made. In fact, it, one thing that's absolutely hilarious is that when she 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 was five years ago, or was it seven years ago, she was a law student uh, at, at Yale Law School. She wrote an article called "The Amazon Paradox," going after Amazon for undercutting prices, for being a price <laughs> predator, uh, and now in her lawsuit. She says, "No, no, no! They are they are gouging. They are raising prices. They are hurting consumers by raising prices." So she has, she doesn't seem to know which theory she likes the best. Uh, and the funny thing also is that she's adopted the mantra of a consumer welfare advocate, which is exactly what she wants to destroy. She doesn't like the consumer welfare standard that my father put forward in 1978 and was adopted by the Supreme Court in 1979. Um, you know, and has been adopt, has been the operating system of antitrust enforcement ever since. But now, you know, and she and she did, has denounced it regularly and denounced him. Uh, and then, uh, but now she seems to be taking on that mantra, that sort of cloak of uh, of the consumer advocate, uh, when yeah. in fact she's really not. Well, I mean, who wouldn't do that? Even if you have to be deceptive, who wouldn't do that? I mean, that's just common sense. That's the part I find so amazing. That's why since 1979 until just the last few years, it was orthodox. It was, frankly, orthodox by both parties. And mm-hmm. so uh, I, I just find it, I find it shocking that, that, that they would apart, you know, depart from something, distance themselves from something that works so effectively work so well. It's among the reasons why you know, the greatest companies in the world are still out of the United States in spite of our best efforts. <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, to me, it's, it's shocking to me that we're having this old debate all over again. And you said something interesting that I, I think it's true um, with an exception, and, and you know, that was is that the government hates the concentration of power uh, and hates the concentration of power that they don't have. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just for clarity's sake, they love the concentration of power as long as it's government power. So what do you see unfolding here? You know, obviously this is being promoted primarily on the left. What kind of role are, you know, people on the right uh, doing on this? I see a lot of stuff in the First Amendment space where uh, you've got Republicans going after uh, you know, media companies, social media companies, and I don't think they're using the arguments of uh, monopoly to do so, but there's a lot of confusion out there. There's not a whole lot of clarity on the right, and and uh, the agenda on the left is so obvious. Well, there was a big push in the first two years of the Biden administration to change antitrust law, to rewrite it, and it, it, it got some, uh, attracted some conservatives like Ted Cruz and and others, uh, but then uh, it just never got any traction. 
and, and, and they, they couldn't make the case. And I like to think that we at the Antitrust Education Project had some small role in by by talking about what these bills were about and, and what the left was about in terms of antitrust. Um, and, and, and walking, helping the, uh, helping Ted Cruz and others, you know, sort of back off the plank there, uh, before they jumped, uh, because what they were, they were, they were concerned, they were confusing the first amendment stuff, the censorship by some of these platforms of conservative speech, uh, as, uh, as an antitrust issue. And it's not an antitrust issue and it can't be fixed by antitrust, uh, enforcement. What it can be fixed by is the hard work of changing the, uh, you know, Section 230, which is a law that uh, relates to, give, gives the publishers uh, uh, protections against the things that are on their platform. They could be, you know, they could be sued over uh, because they come, they come from other people, you know, who post. Um, and so you had to change that, fix that, modify that, write a different law, do something, but don't apply antitrust. Don't break up the great innovators of the 20th and or really the 21st century, um, you know, in order to fix that problem. And so they yeah. stopped talking so, about Don't throw the baby out with that. the bathwater. Right. <laughs> Maybe exactly. the old way of saying it, right? Yeah, I just think typically what happens in, in, is that changes happen in, in the economy and there's a lag time between the regulate, when the regulators figure out what it really means uh, and, you know, and then, and doing, and they try to do something based on an old paradigm, which is what they're doing now. They're trying to reinforce what is known as neo-Brandesian, uh, antitrust enforcement, which goes back to the fifties, you know, uh, named after Justice Louis Brandeis, who basically said anything big is bad. Uh, yep. and, uh, you know, uh, so they're trying to, they're trying to, I love saying this about liberals. They're trying to roll back the clock. They used to say that about my dad. But they're trying to; these guys are trying to roll back the clock uh, to the, another uh, another time when antitrust enforcement was about protecting competitors from each other and protecting less efficient competitors against more efficient and better competitors. And that's sort of what's going on yes. now. If you look, if you look at these cases, there's a lot of what we call rent seeking going on. That's an that's a economic term where competitors come in. And they ask the government, will you please sue Amazon? Will you please sue Google? Please, please, please. Because they're, you know, I, I'm, they're beating me and I, I don't like it. And so, um, uh, you know, that they don't use the that argument. Time. They don't use argument, but that is the honest argument. <laughs> yes. That's what, that's, what, that's, that's what underlies what they're actually doing. They're actually yeah, doing. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and it's right up there with regulatory capture, another, you know, another economic term where these big businesses underwrite the, you know, members of Congress that legislations and, oh, we ought to go to the expert. These people know how to regulate themselves. Well, you know, you saw how that worked so well with uh, Boeing yeah. uh, uh, Max. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's incredible what goes on. Uh, United, it, to me, it's shocking, but in so many ways, the United States is uh, chronic steroids, uh, maybe even a plutocracy, uh, when you see how some of, the, some of this is done. It, it's just sh- shocking. Running out of time, uh, Bob. Always love having you on the program. We really ought to get you on more often. But before we wrap up, I'd like you to tell the listener a little more about your work and how learn more, even still. Well, um, really, it, I, I just try to 
educate people about antitrust and really about my father's uh, groundbreaking work in antitrust economics, antitrust law, uh, going back to his work from the 60s and his book, 1978, The Antitrust Paradox. And if you want to learn more about what we're doing and, and read uh, my op-eds and other commentary uh, and hear some of my uh, radio interviews like yours, uh, go to antitrusteducationproject.org uh, or look for us on, I, I still say Twitter, but it's now X. Uh, <laughs> and that's yeah. at, at antitrustedu. Please do that. I love this work. I love your efforts and uh, really appreciate it. And I, I'm also saddened that it's more needed now than ever. Uh, you, you know, I, at what point do we go, oh, I get it. <laughs> Freedom works. When do we get that? I guess we really get uh, to that point. But, you know, I love what you also uh, pointed out about the fact that they are trying to go back in time. If a lot of these people had their way, uh, one of the most uh, prominent transportation in the country would be canal boats. <laughs> and yeah, you ought to right. read about what happened to canal boats. Is that same myopic, very self-interested uh, form of thinking. Right. Let's, let's, let's shut down the, uh, the, the steam engine uh, the trains because they're hurting the canal boat industry. Let, you know that, it, that that's just a rolling theme throughout history. The, you know the next new throughout technology. History. The next, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if they understood what business they were in, to go a little bit further, uh, we have things. We would have things like Southern Pacific Airlines. <laughs> we would have that, but they thought they were in the when they were actually in the transportation business. And so don't punish consumers because these entrepreneurs or these businesses, rather, didn't think in an entrepreneurial sort of way. Shame on them. But, uh, shame on us, and we get punished for that. Thanks so much, as always. Love having you on, Bob. Thank you again. Love to talk to you again sometime. I'm Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business. Stay tuned for more after this. <laughs> 